I'm going to be with him forever. And I've been declared righteous, not by my worthiness, but because of what he did for me on the cross. And I can now face every single day knowing that he lives in me. I'm going to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Welcome to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. We hope you're looking forward to a great Easter celebration this Sunday. So the question today is, what does Easter mean to you? It's not just that we'll spend eternity with Jesus in paradise. It also has to do with living out our faith on this side of eternity. Here's David with insights on the true meaning of Easter. Aren't you glad as a Christian you don't get what you deserve? That Jesus paid the price for our sins to be forgiven. And then when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, because he's been raised from the dead, that that proves that he's God. You can't keep a perfect God down. If Jesus isn't God, he stays on that stone slab in that tomb. But if he's God, he's got to be raised from the dead. He's got to come back to life. And him coming back to life not only proves his deity, which we'll look at next week, but it proves our sins truly are forgiven, that the price paid on the cross, all of that pain and suffering he underwent should have been our cross, should have been our pain, should have been our suffering, has been poured out upon him. The wrath of God for judgment and punishment was poured out upon him instead of us. Isn't that good news? And the resurrection proves that we are forever forgiven. We're forever forgiven. So the Easter story doesn't begin today. It really began in eternity when we fell in sin with Adam, and it really began with the cradle. If you separate Christmas from Easter, you've really wrongly separated it, and the cradle has to be connected to the cross and resurrection for the story to make sense. That's sound biblical doctrine, and you need to have that deep in your hearts today. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Your guilt is gone. Forever gone, you're forgiven. Don't live in that condemnation anymore. If you hear that voice of condemnation, know from where it comes. It's not the Father who loves you so deeply. The proof is the cross. On those days you doubt the love of the Father, look at the cross. See the Son hanging there in his pain. That's proof how much he loves you. How much he loves you. And then when you receive him, he pours out that love inside of you. That, that resurrection power of love now lives in you. You have union life with Jesus. That, that he lives in you and you live in him. It's a mystery. The closest earthly example we have is those of us who have great marriages. Uh, my life is in Maryland. Maryland's life is in me after 41 years almost. We, we start even to think like one another. I'm hoping I'll one day look like her, hopefully, you know. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a union life. The, the, the two truly have become one flesh. And those of you who have similar kind of marriages, you know what I'm talking about. But it's even more so, the, the, the marriage of us with Jesus. He's in us, we're in him, and there's this inextricable connection that's so powerful. And here's the deal. Not only is our guilt forever forgiven, we don't have to fear death. Ever. Ever. That, that Jesus is called the first fruits of creation. What does that mean? Well, when the Jews celebrated this weekend, they would have the Passover, then Shabbat, which was Saturday, and then on Sunday they would begin what was called the first fruits festival. They would bring their first fruits gifts to the temple as a way of saying, God, you've been so good to us, here's the first fruits back to you. Well, Jesus died on the cross on Friday. On the Shabbat, he was laid into the tomb on the Sabbath. 
On Sunday, though, he was raised from the dead as God's first fruits gifts to you and me. He was the first one raised from the dead. And now all of us who have union life with him, we're raised with him accordingly. We're going to be where he is. John 14, 1, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Hey, for those of you who have your hearts troubled right now, Jesus said, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. It's a choice. You can choose worry, anxiety, or fear, or you can choose faith, trust, and belief. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because your life is in Christ, and, and his life is in you. And that's when Jesus said, for I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may also be. Now, now think about this. When I was a kid, I loved to play with electric trains. And my dad bought me an electric train set. I'd always have the engine, and then I would carefully connect all the other cars to the engine. And here's the truth. Wherever that engine went, what had to happen to the cars? They followed because they were connected in union life with the engine. So wherever the engine went, the cars had to follow. Well, Jesus was the first fruits. Someone else was the second who was dead and then raised a new life by believing in Jesus. Then there was a third or fourth. And who knows how many millions, but you and I are in that lineage, in that chain. We're train cars connected to the engine Jesus that wherever he goes, there we may also be. So if he's in heaven right now, mysteriously, spiritually, we are connected to Jesus. And that means when this earthly body dies, we've got to go where he is because we're connected in union life to him. Isn't that exciting? That's what the resurrection means. That where he is, there we may also be. So let's talk for a second about what death may really be like, biblically. Uh, first of all, the Bible says that death is like falling asleep. After a long day's work and you're really tired, isn't it fun just to fall asleep? Your head hits that pillow and you go into that deep REM sleep, you know, and, and you feel refreshed and renewed. Well, death is like that, folks. I, you know, I, I just couldn't be around when I watched my dad die. Marilyn was there. I just loved him so much. I, I couldn't be there. She was there. And at some point, Right before he died, he sat up and looked around and saw Marilyn, and he smiled, and then he laid back and closed his eyes, and he stopped breathing. I think he went into eternal REM sleep. He went into rest. And I think when we all die, that's what it's going to be like. We close our eyes, and we go into rest, eternal rest. Rest from what? Well, first of all, Rest from this cursed earth in which we live. Genesis 3, the fall when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, it's caused everything to go haywire, hasn't it? And when we enter into that REM eternal rest, we don't ever have to worry again about diabetes or about MS or about cancer or about coughs or colds or influenza. Do you know that there aren't going to be any doctors in heaven? No nurses at all. You know, frankly, there aren't going to be any ministers there. They're not going to need me because everybody there is going to be saved. Isn't that good news? <laughs> and when you go into that sleep, that, that, that death, you know you never have to face those diseases, trials, turmoils, tribulations again. Isn't that good news? But also you have rest from works defining who you are. You know, the lie of our culture is that we are what we do. 
That's why when you lose your job, you ask the question, am I worthless? And the answer from the Father is what? Of course not, because you're not defined by what you do. You know, for athletes, I've had to tell them through the years, if you stop playing because of an injury or your career's just over, you're not an athlete. You're a follower of Jesus. So you've got to understand that you get rest from your identity being in the things of this world. Rest from the identity being in what other people think of you. Have ever, any of you ever fallen prey to that one? that I define myself with what other people think of me, and when other people don't like me, I don't think I'm worth anything. And the Father whispers to our souls, no, you're, you're loved because of what I did through my son Jesus. You're worthy not by your works. You're worthy because I simply declare you worthy. You've received the gift of eternal life through my son. Isn't that good news? And if you believe that, you should enter into that eternal rest. My, my dad, when he did pass away, we had his funeral at a local church here that he founded called Westminster Presbyterian Church, and I'll never forget, he asked me to have this hymn played. It's called For All the Saints. And the first line goes like this, For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confess, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And that word hallelujah just means praise God. Because when we die, we've entered into that perfect rest of Jesus, not finding our identity in what we do, but in him and him alone, being forgiven of our sins, and now resting in him. But then at some point after you fall asleep, well, let me use this as an illustration. Those of you who've had little ones, isn't there a beautiful picture in our minds of those times when our little babies were sleeping? I mean, they could care less what was going on in the world. They just sleep. But at some point when you know you have to awaken them, you shake their shoulders and you speak their name and, and say, time to get up. Time to get up. At some point, the Father will start shaking our shoulders after we've fallen into that REM eternal rest and he'll say, time to wake up. And folks, we'll open our eyes and the first face we'll see is the face of Jesus. In the face of Jesus. Isn't that fun to think about? Now, some years ago, we had a, a lady in the church who was completely blind, and, I was, and she'd been blind from birth, and I was talking with her about the problems and vicissitudes she had to go through in life. I apologize. She had to suffer so much from being blind from birth. Her answer to me was fascinating. She said, don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for you. I said, why do you feel sorry for me? I've had sight since day one. She said, well, how many faces have you seen throughout your life? I said, thousands, tens of thousands, maybe including social media, television, etc., millions. She said, I feel so sorry for you. You've seen all those faces throughout your life. But when I open my eyes finally for the first time, the first face that I'm going to see is the face of Jesus. Mm. So we should envy her as she wakes up from her eternal REM. And one more thought about what does the resurrection mean for all of us today. It's not just that we fall asleep and are awakened in the presence of Jesus. You know, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Isn't that good news? He, he, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, that to be absent from the body is to be with Jesus. Isn't that going to be great? But we live in that in-between time, don't we? 
It hadn't happened yet. At least I hope not today for any of you who are here. But it's going to happen. So what do we do in between time? Dear friends, we live in the resurrection love of Jesus in our hearts. No matter what we face, we face with the resurrection love of Jesus in our hearts. You can face anything with the resurrection love of Jesus in your heart. Life's worth living. And even those fears that we all face, we can face them because he lives. So this Sunday morning, this resurrection morn, isn't just to be enjoyed so you can go then go out to eat. It's a time when you can really believe that one day I'm going to fall asleep and be awakened and see the face of Jesus. That one day I'm going to be with him forever and I've been declared righteous, not by my worthiness, but because of what he did for me on the cross. And I can now face every single day knowing that he lives in me And when that day should come that I fall into that sleep, I take off this body. And one day, I'm going to go to heaven and be with Jesus. And one day when he returns, my body that's laid into the uh, ground, all of the dust that my body returns to, Jesus is going to take that dust and according to the Bible, is going to renew and recreate my body. And the body I'm going to have in eternity, a resurrection body, is going to be my body right now but perfect in every possible way. Isn't that something? Some of you go, really? I go, yeah. There are going to be tall people, short people. There are going to be people of all different stripes and colors. It's going to be so cool. And when we're in heaven, everybody's identity is not going to be formed by the culture that says beauty is X, Y, Z. God's going to say beauty is who you are and how I created you in the name of Jesus. And we're going to love one another. There'll be unity. There'll be all of us worshiping and serving Jesus until that day of his second coming. So until then, live faithfully in Jesus. Hey, don't forget the poor. This church will be committed to the needs of the broken and the hurting here in Charlotte and around the world. Now, our primary objective is to help people come to faith in Jesus. That's the major call of the church. But you need to know we are going to have a deep compassion for the poor and the needy. We took up an offering on our Maundy Thursday service. We gave $3,000 to Christ's Resurrection Church. We gave $3,000 to the West Boulevard Ministries on the west side of town. We'll continue that kind of passion for the needs of those who are hurting. And would you dare join Marilyn and me and others as we try to build a church that will glorify God by making disciples who know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for him to every part of the world that needs to hear. He is alive, my sins are forgiven, and I can now live for him. Would you praise this risen Lord? Now, I want to pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, if there's anyone here right now who does not know you personally and intimately, who's living in a works righteousness, who think they've got to please you every day by working harder and harder. I pray you've convicted their hearts. And they would pray this simple prayer, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. Your moral law proves it. When I look at Jesus, the perfect God-man, and see his perfect life and what I should be, I know I've fallen far short of your glory. I confess my sins to you, and I invite Jesus to enter my heart right now. Come, Lord Jesus, and enter my heart. Form that union life with me so that I can face tomorrow without fear.
Just invite him in right now. If you don't know him, do so. Make this Easter 2019 your new birth, your beginning point for loving and serving Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the people who've opened their hearts to receive you. And now bless our church, trying to serve you for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Now, before we leave, I have the most wonderful wife in the world. I don't care what you guys say. I would like to ask her to come forward. And I know she is praying through with some other women, women's ministries and the continued teachings that she's done. But I'd like to ask her before we leave today if she would pray for all of us. Thank you, David. And if any of you all have hung around me for very long, you know I always say train your heart to hear God's voice, right? Like your most important task on earth next to accepting Jesus. And I love the way the Message Bible says it in Proverbs 4.20. It goes, tune your ears to my voice. Isn't that great? Tune your ears to my voice. So as we close in prayer, I want you just to go forth from these doors today out into the world thinking that your task is to listen to God's voice And then in both the Hebrew and the Greek, they never separated listening from obedience. So if you hear it, it means you've got to do what he tells you, okay? Listen to God's voice and then obey what he says and have a feeling your life, I mean, it can't get much better than that. So let's close in prayer. Father God, you gave us the privilege of listening to you. Once we know you as our Savior, you are always talking to us. Nobody talks more than the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep, and we're all his sheep here today if we've trusted him, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So church and people of God, as we go forth on this beautiful Easter day, let us quiet our souls long enough to hear you speak to us. Let us listen to that voice. And sometimes it's a still small one amidst all the noise around us. Let us hear that still small voice And then whatever you tell us to do, Lord, we just commit to obey. And we thank you for this wonderful privilege of walking in that kind of relationship with you, both now and then as David shared earlier, it's just a starting point for moving into eternity. And so we thank you and you praise you in Jesus' name on this Easter Sunday. Amen. You're listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in a discussion about how we can let our light shine this Easter. We'll be right back. What does the Bible tell us about the end times? The Bible is a book about soteriology, your salvation, redemption, and eternal life. David Chadwick has made an informative video called The End Time Prophecies. From Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, God's Word is revealing facts about the times we live in, as well as the second coming of Jesus Christ. We would love to give this video to you as a resource to equip you, to help you understand the history and prophecies of the second coming found in the Old Testament. In this video, David covers the validity of Scripture, Jesus' first coming, and how we can have faith in His second coming. This video is a compelling account of the foundation of the Christian faith. To receive your free copy of this video, go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener. Again, go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener for your free copy of this informative, educational video from David Chadwick. End Time Prophecies from David Chadwick. Get yours for free today.
I'm Jen Houston. Thanks for listening today. Joining me in the studio is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome, Jen. And it's a pleasure doing these daily radio broadcasts with you. Thank you so much for your help. Well, thank you so much. In your morning e-devotions, you have been writing a series that you are calling Davidisms. And one of your recent devotions was called The Darker the Night, The Brighter the Light. What do you mean by this? Well, I got this one years ago, and I've used it as an illustration over and over again. Here's what I'm trying to get across to people. Have you noticed this world seems to be coming increasingly darker year after year? I don't think any of us can deny that Mm -hmm. happening. Sin, hardship, injustice, violence, and poverty all blend together, contributing to the darkness of our day. As Christ followers, we should be asking this question, well, what can I do? Should I just give up? Should I retreat? Should I move into the country? Should I go into a cave and live the rest of my life there? Here's the answer. Be the light. Hmm. Shine brightly for Jesus in this darkness. Become his light in this dark world. How? Well, reflect the light of Jesus in you by living your life in such a way that others are drawn to Jesus because of the way you live, Mm -hmm. the way you serve, the way you give. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. What a wonderful statement. And those of us who have him living in our hearts, then we should understand clearly what he meant when he said not only that he's the light of the world, but his followers should be as well. He said in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you're the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Notice that that is an identity statement. You are the light of the world. This is who you are. And it's also what you do. It's your purpose. You then shine that light into dark places. And here's what's so amazing. Let me leave people with this thought. Diamonds shine brightest against the backdrop of black velvet. The dark enhances the diamond's glorious light. Mm. And the same is true for you listeners who follow Jesus. The darker the night of this world, the brighter your light for Jesus will shine. And light always overcomes darkness. If you don't believe that, light a candle in the darkest room possible. Jen, which one wins? Oh, always the light. The light always wins. Little children sing it this way. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm. Don't blow out that light. Be the light of the world. And these kids are learning this truth that I'm trying to get across today. The darker the night the brighter the light. Wow, this is so good. And I'm just reminded of the scripture that talks about no one puts a basket over a light, right? Exactly. Not only will that light not have air and be extinguished, but again, nobody can see it. You just don't do it that way. You always let the light brightly shine in order to light your path where you walk, see the next step, uh, but also light your room so that you can read at night, so that you can have ways of enjoying interactions with other people. Mm -hmm. Light always overcomes darkness. We should not be dismayed by the darkness surrounding us. Be the light. We always win. How much would any athlete out there like to know that if they got into the game, they were going to win no matter what? Mm -hmm. What a wonderful feeling. Well, the same is true with us. No matter how dark the world becomes, 
our light shines brighter. And that's the message I'm trying to get across today. It's so good. Such a timely word. Thank you so much, David. Yes, and listeners, please go to momentsofhopechurch.org. Subscribe there for these daily Moments of Hope. They'll come to you in written form in your inbox every morning at 7 a.m. It's my way, free of charge, to give you daily a moment of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. Today's message is from our online worship service, and you can be a part of our service each Sunday morning at both 9 and 11 o'clock by going to momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to check out David's weekly HopeCast. It's free and available through our website. Also, be sure to check out David's End Times Prophecy video. It's free for our listeners. Just go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston. Have a great Easter.